Racers, builders, bashers, and everyone in between, welcome to the place to be. O Canada RC, the podcast brought to you by Reefs RC, maker of quality RC products. Now let's punt it over to your host, Jeff Lemoyne. Welcome back. It's episode two, guys, and as the title stated, A New Hope. What is that all about? Well, it's 2021, so I think the most obvious part of that is let's hope for a better year. But in RC, A New Hope, as it refers uh, to this podcast, means a couple new adventures and a new hope for expanding myself in this hobby. That's the first bit, and we'll get into that throughout this podcast. Um, we get a good chat in with uh, Net Cruiser RC Tech Cars, aka John Kennedy from the Ottawa, Ontario area. Uh, John's been in the RC game for a while and has had some really neat experiences. We wanted to share some of those with you, including a trip to the Canadian On Road Nationals. And we talked to him about what it was he took away from that experience. A New Hope also refers to something that we get into it with. Pablo Guerrero RC Amigos joins us for the second half of the podcast and uh, we talk about a new hope in his stable and we're not talking about a new car so tune in stay tuned in to hear what that is all about Uh, plus we uncover Project Wendy if you haven't figured it out by now you soon will when we get into that with Pablo as well I thank you for joining if it's your first time here welcome to the Oken, and I got the name wrong. Second podcast into the year, and I got my own podcast name wrong. Welcome to O Canada RC, the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the first segment of the second podcast of 2021 here on O Canada RC, the podcast, and uh, really happy this year to be able to expand the reach uh, and talk to some. RC folk that we may not have gotten to last year. Um, And with that, I'm really excited to welcome Net Cruiser, uh, better known as John Kennedy, to the podcast. How's it going, John? Very good. Hi. Thanks for having me, Jeff. No worries at all. So maybe we start there with your your social media handle, uh, Net Cruiser. Is that, first of all, did I get it right? You did. Yeah, it's it's kind of expanded a little bit since then, just to kind of clarify what I do the most. So my awesome. full my full tag now is Net Cruiser RC Tech Cars, just because primarily I post on YouTube and I kind of make videos about those three things the most. As for where Net Cruiser came from, that was my online handle from when I first got on the internet, and I've just kind of carried it with me my whole life, and uh, I've enjoyed it. It basically just means, um, you know cruising the net instead of yeah. instead of surfing the web it was just my little take on an on an online handle back when awesome. i first got on the internet yeah awesome yeah i know i've seen you do uh some some uh, youtube videos on one-to-one scale although i'll be honest I've, I've followed you mostly for your rc exploits um when it comes to rc how did you fall into this hobby yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It really did sort of happen that way. Um, I mean, I was always interested in RC cars as a kid, and I was just thinking back about what my very first one was. Uh, you know, my first RC car, not hobby grade, was like a Radio Shack Golden Arrow RC buggy, I believe. It was kind yeah. of that upper end of 
RC car, toy car grade. Um, and then a couple of years, that was around 1987. And I would have been a young lad back then, probably seven <laughs> or eight years old. But my first hobby grade RC car, uh, that came from a, a hobby shop that popped that popped up in my local town. Um, I'm from Lindsay, Ontario area, the Kawartha Lakes area, nice. uh, not too far from Toronto, about, you know, an hour away from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a, a RC shop that popped up on our kind of main street and we walked by there one day and we saw that they had a bunch of RC cars in there. And the very first one that I got was a Traxxas Hawk. Oh, and yes. Yeah. So this is, early 90s, um, mm-hmm. one of the first Traxxas vehicles that was ever made. And actually, good thing on this shop, one thing that they did to kind of reduce the barrier to entry, now some will like this and some won't, is that <laughs> he was buying the kits or he would, the kits they would have in stock, he would build them and then sell them as almost ready to run or fully huh. ready to run. Exactly. So um, that's how I got my first Hawk, because I certainly don't remember buying it or building it. Um, <laughs> so it yeah. was, it was one of the ones where it was built by the shop and then I picked it up and through that shop, I learned that there was a local club race that happened every Friday night. And so I took that Hawk and I went racing with it and I was kind of hooked on racing ever since then. And I ran that Hawk for about a year and then this was really at the start of where Traxxas had started making um, vehicles that were more geared towards racing. So in the next couple of years, immediately after the Hawk, they came up with something called the Blue Eagle and then the Blue Eagle LS and then the Blue Eagle LS2. I ended up jumping from that Hawk uh, up to a Blue Eagle LS2 around 1993 and then I just became way more competitive on those Friday night races and uh, actually won that, <laughs> won that series back in 93. And I still have that, that RC. I will never let that go. Nice. That, that that's is awesome. probably one of my rarest RCs that I have. Um, and that's, that's an awesome, that's an awesome story. It's awesome to hear you still have that because uh, it's, you know, your story is a familiar one of how you got into the hobby. It echoes bits of mine. It echoes a lot of guys that I've talked to, um, but the fact that you still have it is kudos to you because as you and I both know, life evolves and priorities shift. So the fact that you held on to it's great. Yeah, I, I'm kicking myself for letting go of the box. I discarded the box around probably early <laughs> 2000s when I took about a 10 year break from RC, you know, going to college and then starting my career and all that stuff. I didn't touch an RC for a good 10 or 15 year span, yeah. um, probably, probably from about, well, I guess it was around. 10 years from around year 2000 to 2010, I really didn't do anything in RC. Um, and then from 2010 until now, I've been fully back in to the point where I'm probably now, I'm now more in than I've ever been before. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, and that's kind of, that's kind of me too. Right. And and again, it's, uh, I think it's a life stage thing. And I've, I think I've come back into it more than I ever have. Um, Way back from those days when I had a Traxxas cat, a very early Traxxas model as well, and it was more, it was it was verging on hobby grade, toy grade. But yeah, yep. you get you more time now. You probably, you know, um, you know, we're we're well, we're a little more well established at this age. I'll, I'll assume we're we're around relatively the same age, um, and it's great to see guys come back to it. I think that's that's a cool thing about this hobby. Um, what do you what are your thoughts on that? Have you seen that kind of pattern with a lot of your circles in RC? Yeah, I think it's a fairly common story. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a life thing. You know, you, you really, 
you're so involved in your own relationships and getting your your own careers going and finishing school that you really don't end up having as much time for RC as you might want. And it's one of those things that gets put aside for a little bit, but it draws us back in. It's amazing how many people get back into it um, after their life settles down a bit and they get a bit more free time or they're looking for a hobby to get back into and they remember how fun RC was. And then they start looking around the area and they go, Hey, now where I'm living now, there's a track or there's a club or, you know, there's so many different uh, styles of RC that you can get into now yeah. through through air and surface. There's almost something for everyone. If you have any interest in radio control at all, you know, you can find something that, that you would like. Yeah. I'm sure of it. And it's, it's funny this year. So when early on last year, when I first started the podcast, I was fortunate enough to have uh, Frank Rudon, so from TLR. And um, he made that point. It was early on in the pandemic, which I try not to talk much about on the podcast because really it's meant to be an escape from that. But he said something interesting around about RC and how I'm sure you experienced this as well. You know, shops, supply chains were stressed and you couldn't get a lot of parts. It was tough. Shops were selling out. Um, yeah. He, he equated it to baking. So he said more people had taken up baking. Some stat came out in, her, in late 2020. <laughs> more people had taken up baking than in, you know, you know, uh, in the recent past. And the same thing with RC, right? Like, it's one of those hobbies where you can do as an individual, I'd argue it's more fun with a group, but there's definitely parts of it and pieces of it when you're, uh, you're on your own and 2020, I guess, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If, uh, if the stores could have kept their shelves full, I'm sure they would have sold a lot more. I know from my local uh, hobby shops around the area, they were, you know, mid to mid 2020, they were certainly uh, running out of stock and they had more interest than they could keep up with for sure. So it's amazing how many people got into RC last year. I'm not sure how many of them are racer driven, but, mm -hmm. uh, but anything that's a ready to run truck where you could just get it and, and run it, or, you know, some people wanted to build a kit as well, but certainly there was, uh, there's a lot more people getting into it as something to do while they had a lot more time at home. You mentioned racing, and racing is something relatively new to me. Uh, I've recently kind of taken an affinity to on-road touring car, yep. 22-21-5 class, and we, we kind of traded some messages offline about that. You've been in it a while, um, and I only know that looking at some of your content online. I remember one video of yours that really stood out to me. I think you were at the uh, – I'm sure you've been a couple times, but to the – I believe it was the Canadian National On-Road Championships. Um, what's racing – how, like, what is it about racing for you? Because I get a, I get a feeling that you've got quite an affinity for it, and 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 how has it just hooked you? What what has really drawn you to racing at RC? Yeah, there's just something about the competition that mm -hmm. that really gets me more and more interested in it. In that, you know, I've done RC on my own, just you know, backyard bashing and and other things. But if if there's a competition to go to. I am way more into it. So even for a crawling competition, I'm way more into going to do a, you know, a comp crawl or a, or a trail mm -hmm. call with the, with the group than I am just crawling around on my own. Same with the, tr with the races. So, uh, back in the nineties, when I got started, I remember I have fond memories of how great racing was. And speaking <laughs> about those first cars that I got, they weren't cars, they were trucks and stadium truck was, was the thing that got me into racing. Mm -hmm. And I have a real soft spot for me, uh, with that stadium truck class. And so I'm excited to get back into it in 2021 because I've not even touched one in <laughs> 20 years. 
Um, I got into buggies and some other things and on-road, like you mentioned. So I did go to the Canadian on-road nationals, uh, one time. It was my first time ever going to a major race like that. That was by far the biggest race I've ever been to. And wow, what an eye-opening experience <laughs> that was. Yeah. Uh, you are there as long as you can keep your eyes open from, uh, you know, as soon as you wake up, you roll out of your bed and you head to the track and then you're there all day until you can't be there anymore where you have to go lie down and rinse and repeat that over four days. And you're competing the whole time, uh, you know, tweaking with your car, learning how to get it set up for that track and then just trying to, to do better in the qualifiers leading up to the mains. There's something special about that, that, that makes it a challenge and, fun to me and uh yeah that's i guess that's really the root of why i enjoy racing so much is because it it just it's you're always striving to get better and you'll be doing that for your whole life <laughs> for the most part uh, you'll never be perfect at it there's always something to learn always something to get better at uh either it's either it's your driving or the car or the setup or the tires or any of it or the electronics yeah yep. Or the surface, or the traction, yeah. or the lack of traction. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's funny hearing you say that because my my the extent of my racing has been club racing, and uh, I'm loving it. And I think about how excited I get for a trophy race that we'll have at the club level. And yep. to when you talked about just being there to your as early as you can and as late as you can, keep your eyes open. So when I think of, when I, some of our listeners think of like a national championship or anything at a higher level, um, that's probably a good way to relate. I, I love sit, I love racing. I love being in the pits almost as much, just absorbing what you can from guys. And in my experience, most guys experienced seasons of racers will, will take the time to answer questions if you ask the questions. Guys won't chase you around to help you, but if you ask, I, I've experienced a hundred percent good yeah. guys out there. So, um, I, what was the biggest, I what year was that that you went to the Canadian nationals? I guess it was 2019 because okay. it was the year before last and they didn't, they weren't able to do it last year. So okay. yeah, it would have been 2019 nationals. So what, so it's fairly fresh. So what yep. was the number one thing you took away? Cause you're, at that point, you're you're a seasoned racer. You're not you know you're not news. You're not walking around asking guys what, you know what 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 tires to run necessarily. I mean, every track's different. You're you've got a lot of experience on your belt at that point. So what what did you take away though as an experienced racer? Now I have many years of experience with racing, but it was mostly uh, off road or using okay. off road vehicles. So for the on road, I had a lot to learn, and I had only been racing on road for maybe a year or two before I decided that I would try and go to that national race and just see how something like that was. Cool. Um, for me, the the huge thing was uh, how freeing up the car. So something like I had I had one of my uh, belt uh, gear diffs was. Uh, was a little misaligned and just something like that was binding up the whole car. And so, like you mentioned, I would stay at the track to walk around the pits and then, ha <laughs> and then ask people of, you know, why do you think my car is like not rolling as easily as it should be? And then I ended up uh, talking to someone who had that same car as me and he was checking it over and he said, Hey, you've got this part on backwards. And that was exactly where it was binding up. And I had no idea that that's what had happened. Yeah. And so little things like that, certainly, you know, the most minor thing with those on-road cars, a millimeter here, a millimeter there oh. makes all the difference in the world. And 
the other big takeaway thing that I took from that race was uh, keeping your tires clean is a huge deal. Oh, so yeah. um, I also wasn't used to being on high grip black carpet. So that was the mm. first major race I'd been to that was on the new type of surface where my local on-road racing is all on the older gray carpet. Mm-hmm. The black is a lot more higher grip. Uh, it's the same black carpet that they have at the Phoenix Raceway that you go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, getting the brake clean out and cleaning your tires after every single run and cleaning off the bottom of your chassis as well because the rubber or whatever compounds would come off of the carpet would cause the car to become unsettled or stick or do weird things. And yeah, clean it clean it after every run, 100%. Yeah. That was a big thing I, I took away as well. That's, that's cool. Um, and we're going we're gonna to get into stadium trucks because I want to talk about that and you love off-road. But before yeah. we jump off on-road, so it's funny, I remember that, so... And I want to know what's in your stable of on-road cars, but I've got, I'm running, I have a GT2 set up to me, a TTO2R, and a 2019 X-Ray T4. Those are my on-road cars right now. I'm getting a mini, uh, a Timia M08, which I'm excited to play with. Oh, yes. (laughs) So what's in your stable uh, of on-road cars right now? So they're all. Is it too big to list? (laughs) <laughs> no, my on-road cars are my smallest category of RC that I own, I would say. Um, and they're all Tamiya. Uh, so nice. I started out with a Team Durango that I bought used, a DEXT, DEX410 V2, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just breaking it all the time. Uh, its plastics were very brittle. And then you got to the point where you just could not get parts for that anymore because Team Durango disappeared or right. you know got shut down as part of the corporate things that happened a few years ago and then i picked up a used uh, tamaya trf 419 and i switched over to that car and i was having a great time with that i was running that in 17.5 stock spec and then i picked up a uh, ta07 pro that I built up and uh, I've just sold on the type of look of that car. I was hundred percent just sold on that based on the look of that weird exo cage (laughs) type chassis. It's a tub chassis, but it's not, it's kind of a mix and it's a single belt and you can move the motor in three different positions. So I built that up and I raced that in USGT and I still have that car with a couple of uh, nice upgrades on it. And then I also um, really like the man truck. So that's the the TTO one man truck Mm -hmm. class. Uh, That's a great one to get people started with. If you're, if you're looking it into on-road and anyone around you has the truck class, certainly that, or the TT GT class, which is any TTO one, TTO two. That's a great way to get into on-road racing. Yeah. Yeah. They're very basic kits, but, but barrier to entries extremely low because you're getting almost everything with it that you need to race it. I, I could agree 100%. So I, I started racing off-road with um, a short course truck, four-wheel drive, and that was a lot of fun. But then when I found when I found on-road and I went uh, to a GT2, uh, sort of t- to me a TTO2 setup, I found it very um, – it was a friendly chassis. I'll, I'll say it that way. Um, yep. Simple to work on. You can take the body off and everything's just visible. Like it's just – it just feels like – you know, whether you're adjusting uh, your toe or you need to see what's happening with your servo horn or, you know, access to the diffs, it's relatively straightforward. Yeah, so I agree. It's been a great chassis. I know, you know, when you go to the track, sometimes you get guys that are in mod and 17.5 and those are fast classes. Yeah. Um, but this is, a, I think, 
your love for Tamia that you say, like, I think I'm developing a love affair with it. I haven't told my wife yet, but <laughs> she might find out when the next visa comes in. Um, but um, awesome to hear that from you as well. Um, the, it's funny you also mentioned cleaning the bottom of your chassis. So on the x-ray, we have a local x-ray driver at our track, George Busidis. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name wrong, right or wrong. But I remember the first time off the driver's stand and said, hey, let me see your car, Jeff. And he just flipped it right over and said, and then talked talk to me about scraping off the, the, you know, the kind of tar carpet residue you get from the high traction black. So yeah. it's neat. it was neat to hear you say that too, because it's really those simple things, right? It's, it's, it's about tires. It's about sauce. It's about um, just those simple setup pieces that can really make your day more enjoyable and more memorable and, and more productive, really. So yeah, absolutely. Those little things make a big difference in freeing up the car. And yeah. going back to that old question that you asked about what was the biggest thing I learned, th those were the things that I was doing more consistently. But probably the biggest takeaway that I learned from that big national race is that it's all about the motor as well. And mm. as much as I don't like the, that there's this motor game and that you need a almost $200 <laughs> motor to be competitive, it's it's getting that way in some respects, especially for a big mm. national event like that where yeah. uh, if it's not one of the classes where you're getting a handout motor or a spec motor, and I actually, I really appreciate those classes because it stops the, you know, the finding the best motor or tweaking the mm -hmm. motor game. But for something like the 17.5 class, uh, you know, there was a massive difference in my 17.5 that I went with, there with versus what I ended up leaving that event with because I upgraded a motor halfway through. And <laughs> yeah, just massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. And um and then, so then we have off-road. So I raced only a couple times at the barnyard, at the barnyard in uh, Perth, Ontario. Okay. I'm not sure if you've been out that way. So it's about an hour and a half east, uh, sorry, west of where I am in Mississauga and near Toronto. And uh, man, so much fun. Totally, I felt like a totally different vibe, but still the same, same thing in terms of great guys willing to help. Now, you nice. and, and and I haven't so I haven't had a ton of experience off road racing bashing yeah but not a lot of off road racing you it sounds like that's am I right to to say that that's where you started is that what you had mentioned earlier when when it came to racing we were racing off road vehicles but where I actually started in the nineties was um, it was in a, a tennis bubble. And yep. we were racing on that type of tennis court surface. It was this weird, like plastic corrugated floor and they would put up, um, they would just lay out a track. And so it was almost racing on road style, but with off road vehicles. I don't even think we had jumps back then. I was going to say, did you have jumps? Yeah. I'm, we might've added some near the end, but I don't recall us having many at all. Um, yeah. as opposed to f jump forward, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And we were doing uh, AstroTurf indoor off-road mm -hmm. and uh, I ran that for quite some time as far as that track was available and uh, so yeah I probably have more wheel time on this type of carpet or higher grip type surface than I do dirt but now mm -hmm. lately I've all been racing on dirt, uh, nice. dirt off-road so because cool. now we actually have that really nice track Electrosport RC Raceway which is an indoor clay right. track um, so that's been that's been excellent. Looks looks awesome. So for listeners that aren't familiar with Electrosport, we get um, a lot of listeners from the States on the podcast. But uh, again, I'll throw out a vague description. You can correct me. Near the Ottawa area. Yeah. <laughs> How far from you right, right now, a uh, drive roughly? 
from my home, it's 40 minutes. Nice. Uh, because oh. I'm completely on the opposite side of the city and outside of the city. So it's for nice. me, it's cross town and then up into the, yeah. into the track. But a, but a fantastic facility from what I've seen at a distance and online, basically. Um, it's something that early on in the podcast, and I know I'm not the first and I won't be the last person to make these types of comments. It'd be wonderful to see more facilities like that. I understand the uh, what prohibits that um, cost and membership and, and leasing anywhere near a major city is crazy cost, but um, great, great facility. What do you, what do you, what's, what's your take on it and uh, how has it been running there? I've been very happy that they, that they were able to get that going. Um, prior to that track starting up, we were just racing out of a backyard track. One of our local uh, racers, um, uh, Sean Frazier, a team techno driver, uh, he ended up running a, yard, a track in his backyard for, for a few years. And then we learned about this opportunity. I'm not sure exactly how it came together, but the owner of that uh, land and that building that we're in now had an interest in, in pivoting from, uh, it used to be for horses, for horse polo, mm. and uh, you know converting it into an RC facility. And yeah, that happened about two years ago. Now they got that built up, and it's been it's been doing well ever since. Awesome. Yeah, nothing against horses, but thanks guys for that. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, nice to see that. Nice. Um, you know, we, there's some really nice tracks in in Ontario, and I know in Quebec as well. Um, my my purview outside of that is is limited, but I know like you've been to Otterville. Um, John Blakely does a fantastic job there. Um, we do have the barnyard outdoor. There used to be an indoor track there, but um, since COVID, I think it's been difficult to keep that open. Obviously, Phoenix, there's Outlaw, there's Extreme. So really, when you think about it, right, for a lot of indoor tracks, but still a, a healthy amount of outdoor, given our climate here, um, it, it's. I would say it's it, it, the racing scene's pretty healthy, in your opinion, since the you know the early '90s. Where do you think we are in Canada with with RC racing in general? Big question. I, th I, I think, think we're but. I think we're growing, although we're growing slowly. Um, mm -hmm. I, I would say that, I, and I don't have the best view into all this because much myself, I'm still consider myself just to be a club racer, and I really don't mm -hmm. travel out as maybe much as I should or as much as I want to, but. Um, you know, from the local tracks that I've been to on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, you get that core group of guys and mm -hmm. that you have a dedicated hardcore group of guys that comes out every week, almost no matter what. And a lot of times that's just barely enough to make it work, uh, from mm -hmm. a business perspective of the owner of the track and they, and they certainly want more people to come out. So if you have an RC and you have any interest in racing, just come out and come out and try it because we're always looking for more people. We always need them. And um, uh, I understand that there's anxiety or it's, it's, and that's not a good word to put it, but it's, it's daunting to get out there and race yeah. with people who've been racing for many, many years. But I know you've mentioned it on your podcast before that just show up at the track and you'll be amazed at how friendly people are. <laughs> just bring yeah. out what you have. We'll tell you what you need to make it better or if you can or cannot race it, um, you know, just yeah. to get, get, just to get you going. Like you, you don't yeah. need to have a race kit to get right. racing. It helps. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's the best thing you can get. But if you have a basic rustler or a slash or you yeah. know, RC10 or whatever, uh, Lozy, anything that's yeah. anything that's hobby grade, that's yeah. tent scale, you can usually get it out on track and at least learn and see if you like it. And get hooked. Yeah, exactly. Like I, yeah. I remember when I raced my short course there in the summer, um, guys would race, guys had slashes and uh, it was fine, right? Like they, uh, I could see them just getting hooked on it, just yeah. making their way around the track, uh, you know, making a pass or, you know, getting through a wreck and, and just, you can just see it in their eyes. So yeah, I agree. It's just, let's just get out there. We're not seven year old boys on a playground and no one's going to say, ah, oh, you've got a terrible basketball, <laughs> bring whatever basketball you've got to the game. And uh, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so I keep my, my segments relatively short on the podcast, but before we, we start to wrap up, I, I want to get into short course. So in the nineties, I just finished my way through the low C series, uh, 40, I think it was the 40th anniversary series that they put out. Have you seen that? I did. And I was going to recommend yeah. that as a great video. <laughs> it's a seven minute video and it basically yeah. outlines the, the history of stadium truck racing from yeah. Losey's perspective. This is sure. coming out of the, this is coming out of the mouth of Gil Losey Jr. That video. <laughs> and he yeah. explains it from how Losey maybe or maybe didn't introduce stadium truck or started the whole class. Yeah. Uh, and it, it basically started in 1980 and, and he carries it forward up until the 2020s as they were launching a new mini yeah. T brushless edition, special edition. Um, I've never ha got into the minis, but certainly the mid nineties was what I think was the pinnacle. And this is my opinion. I think that sure. was the peak peak stadium truck was 1994. Mm -hmm. Um, in my opinion, it was, it was the Losey triple XT versus yeah. my blue Eagle LS2 versus uh, RC 10 T whatever. Uh, I'm not sure what <laughs> version it was probably yeah. one of the originals we had. Those were the three main, uh, stadium trucks from a race kit class. Yeah. And so it seems like modern day though, like there was a bit of a, those died out and, but I would say to your point on, I think it was, I think you have a YouTube video on a new build you're doing we would like to see a resurgence of it. I, I've raced stadium truck. It, I've raced short course truck. They are a lot of fun. <laughs> um, beyond that super descriptive reason for me, <laughs> why do you think they need to come back? Like, what, what is it about them for you? And maybe for new racers coming on the scene, are they a good way to start? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I. I think it will be a great to see it come back. And I, I think it has momentum to come back into 2021 because we're starting to see new kits and new versions of these cars come out. So that tends to be the theme. I, I did a quick search about stadium trucks and when people were thinking it was having a comeback last. And that was around 2012. Mm. Uh, there was, and at that time people were saying it was having a comeback because there was a new low Z, the 22 T there was a couple other new versions of stadium trucks and it got a, a bit of a shot in the arm to get the, the class coming back. And now it's fallen off a little bit since then. And now it's on the upswing again. So <laughs> I think that's been the theme of stadium trucks ever since they came out is that it, it's peaks and valleys with that class. As opposed to with short course trucks, short course came out around 2008 to a huge explosion of interest. Everyone, uh, it got a lot of people into new and new into RC with, with short course trucks. 
and the two-wheel drive raced for a little bit and then they realized that well the body really slows you down and and they don't handle as well as a buggy does and then people would end up either quitting or they would progress over to buggy and then one, usually once you get a buggy you don't really use your race your short course as much <laughs> versus now with stadium truck is kind of that in-between class where a stadium truck has the truck looks it, it may maybe get someone interested in buying a truck that isn't interested in buying a car, even though they are the same chassis underneath. Mm -hmm. uh, the truck has wider arms and bigger tires, which immediately makes it easier to drive. So you have a much bigger contact patch and they sit a little bit higher so they can handle bumps and ruts and stuff a little bit better. So they're easier to drive and have more traction. This is specifically two wheel drive, you know, mm -hmm. stadium trucks I'm talking about. So if you are not interested in a short course truck or if your local area doesn't race short course anymore because that's kind of fizzled out and you want to race a truck i think a stadium truck is a great way to get into it especially now since there's new kits on the on the market so there's yeah. the brand new the team associated rc10 t 6.2 is what i just ordered so i have yeah. that to build and uh, i'm excited that that'll be my first team associated race kit so out of all the years I've been in RC, I've never had a team associated race car. So nice. that will be the first one. And that's ideally why I, why I wanted to try it. Also because that stadium truck has the same offset wheels as my four wheel drive mini chuggy, the Techno ET410. So I can cross, mm -hmm. uh, use wheels between them. So that's, that's a great thing because it is. <laughs> for, for racing, one of the, one of the cost things you'll find with racing is wheels yeah. and tires adds up pretty quick. Yeah. Low seas are, uh, I've been an advocate of low seas and I, uh, that's one thing when you said that I started nodding my head, <laughs> Yeah. um, having low seat buggies and the offset for the rims, um, nice choice to have something that's versatile. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the Losey truck hasn't been updated in quite some time. There, there's yeah. a Losey stadium truck. The 22 T 4.0 is their newest and the buggies are at a 5.0. And in my opinion, the 5.0 is kind of at the end of its rope where they should be coming out with a 6.0. I would hope this year, uh, there's mm -hmm. been no official rumors of that. That's just me speculating, but yeah. it, it, they're due for a change. Uh, there's yeah. certainly a couple things that, that they need to, uh, catch up to some competition features yeah. there is a new x-ray that's came out just this year 2021 xt2 uh that's a brand new stadium truck that's on the market so i'd say the two newest stadium trucks you can buy right now if you're looking for a brand new race kit is there's the team associated and there's the x-ray uh the team losey is still for sale although it's a little bit older design and i there's a, a pr racing i'm not sure if you've heard of them but P no, pr PR Racing, they make buggies and, and stadium trucks, and they have something called an ST1 V3T. Cool. And I'm not familiar with it. I haven't seen it in person. Um, I've seen a PR Racing buggy in person, and it, it's certainly it's competitive. The, the interesting thing about the PR is that it's got a gear diff instead of a ball diff. So it might be more designed for carpet. Yeah. And for the higher grip stuff, there's also uh, a Schumacher Storm. Yes. So yep. there's a, yeah, one. there's a stadium truck Schumacher storm, which also is, again, seems designed for carpet. I'm not sure yeah. what diff it has in it. Uh, typically you want a ball diff for dirt and you want a gear diff mm -hmm. for higher grip and carpet. Um, so yeah, there's certainly there's, that was what, four or five stadium trucks that are fairly yeah. modern and new on the market. So there's, there's certainly options available and, and I think that will get more people interested in it. And as the date we're recording this, 
I was just watching some of the mains at the um, the Ohio uh, RC factory, the CRCRC uh, championship, yeah. Midwest championship, and I watched the stadium truck mains, and it was it was pretty cool to see, you know, an A class, world class drivers running stadium <laughs> truck. It's I'm sure that happens more than I'm aware of it because I don't watch all well, those big races, but yeah. But to yeah. your point, it's um, it's that kind of stuff that I think helps to become a jump off point for the rest of us, right? Um, guys that are into the hobby who are considering maybe trying a different class, seeing some of those higher end guys race what they race, like uh, the the explosion and the, the popularity, probably you know, probably more so in the States. I know there's there's quite a bit here with the serious guys, but with Nitro, 1-8 scale, um, you know, I think a lot of that can be attributed to watching the, the Ty Tesmas and the Spencer Rifkins and just just tear it up and all the information that's out there. So when pros get a hold of it, um, I, I'm hopeful that to your point, it's you start to get more access to learning about those chassis that you just rhymed off and having those options makes it maybe more appealing. So let's, it'll be interesting to see this year. I, I really hope the world gets back on its access and we can yeah, start me too. To, uh, to see, to see a little more, uh, where this hobby is headed to. Listen, John, we uh, really appreciate your time coming on the podcast. Uh, I hope you'll come back again uh, and chat with us more. Would you be sure. open to that? Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. It'd be great to have you on. Um, if you haven't checked out John Kennedy, uh, I don't know where you've been, but if you, if you haven't seen his stuff, check him out on uh, YouTube. I'll let you plug your Instagram, YouTube, Facebook channels, anything else you want to plug. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. So personally, I'm John Kennedy. My RC brand online is NetCruiser uh, RC Tech Cars. So primarily, my my main focus is on YouTube. So YouTube.com/netcruiser is where you're going to see all my long form type racing uh, and videos. Uh, I do more than just racing with RC, uh, but uh, it's probably what I do the most and what I upload the most. I'm at NetCruiser on Instagram. Uh, that's my all RC channel is at NetCruiser on Instagram. And uh, those would be my two main ones. And on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash NetCruiser01 uh, takes you to my NetCruiser page where I post pretty much everything I'm doing, uh, what's coming up and what's what's out now. So, yeah, that's those would awesome, be great man. ways to, to find me. Yeah, and I, I love your videos, man. I, I particularly love when you're out at, a, at an event, um, like I referenced Electrosport, and just you taking us through the day in one or two classes. So um, if you're interested in racing guys and, and you want to, you know, John, I think you do some great walkthroughs of the day. And if you're nervous, like we referenced in this, something like that, watching it from a distance might take those nerves away. But again, don't be nervous. Just get out there, try it. And uh, you'll quickly, quickly realize that, uh, you know, if, if you like it, it's, it's accessible for you. Thanks again, John. Um, be safe, be well, uh, keep cranking out some great content, man. And we'll, uh, talk to you again in the future okay great thank you very much thanks john you got a full-fledged art director right there buddy we do <laughs> yeah and you know it's cool because it's like it was it's funny because we've talked about this before on how we go back and forth yeah. and we work negotiation with the kid and <laughs> before it was a dalton with his with his uh crawler and now mm -hmm. it's with olivia with her um, monster truck and the paint job and so what it is I'm like you know it'd be hard to paint it this way because of this or it'd be hard yeah. you know like that and so it's cool because we actually get to talk about you know production and how dude 
it it goes into making something happen. So that's the Choose. that's the that's the end game right there, buddy. You just hit it. Like you guys are full collaboration. Like you're having creative conversations about something that she built from the ground up, and she has a vision for it. Man, that's that's wild. You know, and what's cool is that, like, for instance, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to start building my Claude Buster, right? Because I got that. And so I'm sitting right. there building it at the table, and I'm trying to find time to build it. So I'm, like, going and building it, walking away, going and building it. And she's like, can I help? And I was like, absolutely. So she just comes over, and she's, like, parts finder for me, right? So nice. she's looking through the parts and then clipping them off the tree. I, I, I didn't let her screw anything together only because this kit is all Phillips, and I'm like, oh, eh. strip so, something. Yeah. Yeah. So I was well, like, eh. Next the best time. of us, the best of us would strip something with, with on the Phillips head. So that's okay. Right. I totally right. get that. Right. But yeah. Yeah, man. So that's that's wild. If you haven't seen the finished project, check out Pablo's feed, man. Like there's um, I love the colors. It's right up her alley. Like I've been following you guys for a while, and it uh, it screams OMG, right? Like it screams. It's like her little <laughs> brand. It's I'm stoked, and I joked on your comments, I and I was kind of joking. I don't know if I was really joking that much, but I want to see her come out and beat a bunch of guys in, the, oh, yeah. uh, in your oh, next yeah. uh, freestyle. Well, you know, I think <laughs> this is going to be a really good developmental stage in her driving this coming spring um, because I feel like it's going to be uh, – it's slower than the Slash, but then it's also – faster than a crawler yeah. and and you know it, it she'll learn how the car rebounds and all that kind of stuff so i think it's going to be pretty cool well and a couple things on that because i noticed you teased something about doing some massive reconstructive surgery to the track so we'll talk yes. about that in a minute but when i hear you talk about that as a like from what i've seen with watching from a distance and that's going to change for me this year but with the with the smash and with the freestyle, yeah, you guys like it is. It is in one way I can see more controllable, maybe with lack like less speed than a short course truck or something like that. But I I gotta and I'll find this out for myself, I'm sure, and you can tell me what you think. But there's a certain level of well, there's while there's a reckless abandonment to the what makes it so rad and some of the moves and jumps and things that you plan and don't plan with a monster. You also have to be, because one of your rules is if, if you can't get her back on the wheels, like the run is done. Is that, is that not? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so that's, that does, you know, it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's a weird balance. Cause like, you know, in racing when she's doing her slashes or her slash, if she crashes, she's out, you know what I mean? Cause no one's going to stop. And same kind of with the, with the monster trucks. But the cool thing about the monster trucks is where I think it, it will show her another thing is how to save a car, right? Yep. How to yep. how to turn into it, how to improvise, all that kind of stuff. Versus True. when you're on the track, and I say on the track, I mean our track when we're racing. Yeah. You know, if yeah. she loses it, then it's like reset. Everyone come back. You know, not necessarily, but you know what I mean. Like, or yeah. she just lost that heat that we're doing. So, but yeah. and well, and that's kind of. I guess segue into the reconstruction of ours. We're going to make, so right now the short course trucks don't do very well at our track because they get super heavy, full of mud. And so 
<clears throat> especially because they're not open wheel. So yep. the monster trucks, there's an advantage to that on the kind of course that we're doing. So what I'm planning on doing is setting it up for looking like a real monster jam event. Nice. So freestyle and, and racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then an element of race too. Yeah. You know, that, I think that's what I want to see is an element of race. So that's what, we'll I, see. That's, what I, that's what I love about. So I love the freestyle, but I do love the watching the monster truck races and there's that structure. It's, yeah. It borders on that structure, but also that amazing, just um, freedom of the creativity there too. Right. Like you gotta, in the monster truck races, you gotta obviously hit certain uh, lines and obstacles and it's it's about speed but there's also that element of flair to it that uh sure you know that's that's awesome i'm looking well, forward to that and it shows your personality you know what i mean it shows your personality mm. through your driving style versus yep. uh you know during racing yeah you yep. get racers that are have the bump and rub kind of personality but it doesn't really yeah. speak like you know the all out ragged edge kind of stuff that a that's, monster truck does that's a really good point because like i know racing yeah the times you get you see the flare or the character in a in an on-road racer i'll take my my world sure. is when two cars are battling for a position one guy might more gal might be more aggressive one's more apt to just kind of back it off but that doesn't happen too often with with the monsters it's like every turn every action you know, every, every slam of the throttle, you're going to see something unique, right? And yeah. If anybody, if anybody watched any of your, your smashes, like the Slay Smash and the other ones, you could definitely start to see different styles. It's, it's really cool. Well, you know, it's funny. So I was watching the Ken Block, the Hoonicorn oh, versus the World stuff the other day. That's an awesome series, dude. Dude. And you I know, love it. Yeah. And, you know, when he was retiring the Hoonicorn, it was kind of one of those right. things where he was talking about, it seems like this car wants to kill me every time I'm doing something. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it's kind of like if you could shrink your little body into uh, a RC monster truck, it's like, yeah, that's what I want to feel like. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> it's true. I love when he said that because it's like he's like, that's why he loved driving the Unicorn so much because he, he just, it's like he was fighting it the whole right. time, but it was right. such a, um, a unique feeling and that. That series, I'm going to get off on the tangent here, but man, I've watched every <laughs> one of those. Those help me go to sleep at night. Yeah. Um, and seeing seeing that beast up some of the, up against some of those cars, like I love seeing it up against a super truck. Um, oh, yeah. And um, oh, it just went on and on, right? There's like, there Ferraris and there was like the pure drag, the fastest Dodge, yep. I think it was. Man, like that thing, that thing sticks to the ground. Like it's just, glued to the ground the unicorn and it just it gets up going so fast like it's just amazing and it's, he's and he's and he's leaving for it now right yeah well i don't i mean i'm not well, like i watched it well yeah. yeah and he said it he said that they're yeah. parting ways which is cool but and that's yeah. one i'm wondering where they're going next they're going subaru or whatnot i don't know that's i don't I yeah 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 and i don't follow as much as i used to sure. but uh but yeah no so it's interesting to see where they're going to go with that because that was a total different monster, but um, yeah, it'll be fun. So, so speak, so speaking of monsters, so I got to jump on that as a segue. So sure. You, you and Corey were busting my balls about getting. Oh, into, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Cody. I'm sorry. You and Cody were, I always do that, man. I don't know why, <laughs> why do we want to call him Corey? 
know, he just looks like a Corey. He must remind me of somebody. I'm sure. I'm sure he's, there's a hockey player that's named Corey. Maybe there's a lot. He's gonna kill me now because I thought I had it right last year and now it's uh, no. again. Gosh darn it! Um, I didn't let you run with it though. I didn't let no, you run with uh, it. You're I've done that friend. before. You're a good friend, buddy. <laughs> Already, our friendship has gotten to new heights. Um, <laughs> so I've been teasing on my Insta. Uh, hashtag Project Wendy, and I think um, next time I tease a secret, quote unquote, top secret project, I got to come up with a better name because <laughs> I asked people to guess what it was, and the first comment basically nailed it, and I was like, duh, duh! like I felt like Homer Simpson. I was like, no. <laughs> so you know this already, but I, I've decided to go with uh, the Red Cat Wendigo. So yeah. pretty stoked! It's on the way now. Uh, you and I have been chatting about it offline here. So yep. I, off the bat, man, you have one. Uh, yep. It's a rad truck. You, you, you sing its praises. I know you like that truck a lot. Mm-hmm. How am I going to fare? What do I got to do to at least be competitive in your next competition? Big question. Big question. Yeah. So, well, and, and like, so what we were kind of talking about too, we were kind of talking about powertrain and you know, yeah. what you want out of it. And that's why I like that truck so much is because it can be um, very versatile. You can crawl with it and you can go fast-ish with it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it, and, and you can bounce around with it. The heart, one of the, it's, it's interesting because there's one of the talks that comes up a lot is locking or unlocking the axle diffs, right? Okay. And the Wendigo, you have no choice. It's locked. Um, and a lot of people go back and forth with that with the SMT because it's not locked, but a lot of people end up almost locking it by putting, you know, some kind of silicone in the, in the diff and all that. And I did, and I, I think it runs so much better. Um, okay. I think the ring and pinion gear on that are going to be just fine. That truck is bulletproof and yeah. dude, I have like, beat the snot out of that truck and it's crazy because before the gen 8 red cat had a stigma of breaking a lot and all that kind of stuff and yeah you know i just haven't had that issue i haven't had any issues i mean it should knock on my desk but i haven't (laughs) had any issues with anything uh breaking that wasn't you know ridiculous like i've broken cva gears and stuff like that but it's like to be expected well, and yeah. I'm putting tons of power down and crawling and yeah, or I'm letting my kids bounce it, trying to get it up a hill or something. You know, it's like sure. that. And that was a stock ones. That's not the aftermarket or the upgraded version. So the upgraded version, we haven't broke at all. So that's awesome. Um, but with yeah. the Wendigo, I mean, I think you're going to want lots of power and torque, uh, you know, we were talking like 3,000 or 3,300 kV. KV, yeah. I think that's the sweet spot because that's what I run in it okay. right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had, okay, so the, the, the powertrain that came stock in the RTR Wendigo is actually what powers my SMT. So okay. if that says anything for you. So that's, sure. but I run it on 2S. It's all right. It's fun. But on 3S, like, that's what I was yeah. saying earlier. That, that's, <laughs> that's where you let the dogs eat. Like, the 3S is where it really, really, it wakes that thing up. 
I believe, and, I believe the exact term you used was, Jeff, you can run 2S and it'll be fun, but 3S is where the men play. And then so <laughs> I just did, if you can picture me, I cocked my head to the side, my eyebrows went up. I was like, oh, oh okay, all right. Well, I want to I play with the men. I want to play where the men play. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean... The, the fun thing about the 3S on, on and even if you say you go with a different hobby wing system, I think that's what you were yeah. talking about, right? You'll yeah. be fine with that. The The issue with, with the non-censored motors is low speed, right? On a big, right. four, trying to move that kind of mass. Um, yeah. That's going to be the issue. So you're going to find yourself like not necessarily cogging out a little bit, but like you're going to yeah. have to get like a smooth run and then just pin it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, it's out of here. Like you'll hit and a that, jump and you'll be like, Whoa, this thing really yeah. flew. And that's what I've been, I've been debating that because as, as being a racer, quote unquote, sure. we use the censored, you know, uh, brushless all the time for that reason. So you have a little more control right? when you're off throttle. It doesn't herky jerk you up to full throttle. So I'm really, I'm considering just, getting up uh, like i think you'd mentioned the hobby wing axe system which uh is it censored yeah it's censored yeah. and that's yeah. that's a full-on cadillac like that's so the two that i would do like if i was going if i was going to drop dough and do another yeah you know, big dog one i would do the axe so the axe 550 3300 kv that's what i have in mind right now and i can crawl with it i can trail run with it I can put wow. monster truck tires on it and go bombing around with it. That's like awesome. It, it's cool because well, it gives you like three different vehicles. People look at the price tag and they're like, whoa, it's expensive. And it's like, well, yeah, but you just bought three cars with that. Right. You know that's what I mean? Right. And that's, yeah. that's where I found that. And that's, yeah, I think it makes good sense the more I think about it. So we might just have to take our time building it. Maybe, maybe I'll throw a different system in it just to get up and running in time for your next comp, but right. uh, I think ultimately saving the, saving the dough for that makes good sense, man. Like, the truck is versatile enough, to your point, to to play with the monsters, to, to, to go bombing on rocks, and to also crawl. So if, if yeah. um, it, the thought of the versatility there and not having to do, do much to, uh, to get it there, and you're going to have to spend probably more anyways to buy separate systems to get it there. That sure. makes good sense, man. What, you know where I would start? And this yeah. is this is our little secret on what we <laughs> run in ours because okay. it's like super cost effective. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would run the 1080, the Hobbywing, Hobbywing 1080. So it's a brushed yep. ESC. And then the Holmes Hobby Crawlmaster Sport 8-turn. Yeah. That for thing, the comps? For the comps? You might, I mean, I, well, what I'm talking about is like, get it and see where you're at with it first, gotcha. because yeah. the, I, we put that, that powertrain set up in Olivia's SMT 10. And yeah. I think on 3S, that's where that will shine on 2S. Right. It'll be kind of slow on 3S. Yeah. It'll really shine. Uh, I think it's. It's. I haven't ran that setup in the Windigo because I have the Axe system in the Windigo, right. but it's in all of our crawlers, all of our mm. typical crawlers. We run that, and like, yeah. it like you've seen the the flatbed WRV truck. That thing will get airborne when I'm crawling from a standstill. It'll just wow. jump up. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> a heavy, heavy truck. 
and it's, yeah. it's got gear reduction because it's got portals on it. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, that's a that's a cost-effective start. So that'll that's be a, fun. Maybe that'll be part that'll be part of the fun of this, right? It's just it's, well, it's trying. yeah. And then yeah. the other cool thing is you could go trailing with it to start. You know there what you I mean? go, man. Like, and yep. it's it's at you know sixty bucks out the for both of for all of that combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Where where we play, that's that's a drop in the bucket. Not to not to make it sound like we've got suitcases of money, but sure. that. <laughs> that uh, Compared to some of the higher end systems, yeah, that's that's very affordable. So yeah, and it's and it's the cool thing is you burn up the motor, it's twenty bucks. There you go. Yeah, I was looking at the I've I've not delved into the world of the homes hobby stuff, but after you mentioned that, I started looking into it a bit. And there's one thing about those motors for that for that kind of um, that class of, of the type of driving that you'd be doing. It's man, super affordable. Where do you know where they're out of? Uh, Missouri. They're out of Missouri, eh? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's Missouri. It's some. I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah. Uh, like they are. Like I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but no. literally yeah. they have all of our trucks aside from mm-hmm. the Wendigo, and our SMT right now. Uh, our Holmes Hobbies motors in them. Cool. That's um, cool. And and that's the only. Because I didn't want to drop some, so like if I had the opportunity, so that was the other brushless censored setup that I would do is the Mamba X or yep. it's the SCT or whatever it is, and then yeah. the Polar Pro 3300 KV. That's the setup I would do. Um, yeah, and that's you know that's right on par with the Hobby Wing. The advantage that the Hobby Wing has for me over that one is mm-hmm. that I can tune it from my phone. Um, yeah, and that other app, one yeah. I can't do it yet. So yeah, Hobby Wings. Like, and again, I'm not sponsored by them at all. But sure. uh, I've always <clears> liked <throat> the simplicity of what they do. The relative, uh, I will say, relative affordability. Right? Like it's yeah, they're not crazy off in the deep end. They, well, they, they got strata it. for everybody. Right. Right. So it's like, and to your point, the the app. I've, I've played with it at cursory level. I haven't actually try to tune but how do you how do you find using that app do you, do you like that is it, is it easy is it well it's kind of you know i'm i get into the set it and forget it kind of mode sure um but when i did play with it it was easy and yeah i thought it was pretty cool that the different things that you can play with so like when i first started doing the monster truck stuff i was dialing in the the ramping of the you know the power band and then I was dialing in the brakes on it. So the power yeah. the, the hobby wing what that has that's really cool is it has I forgot what they call it. Uh but it's where it senses like for instance say I'm on the trail. Like drag it, brake? Yeah, yeah, but it's like a it's a, like almost like an autonomous drag brake. So like okay. it'll sense when you're driving, like when I'm running I say running, but like if I'm going fast and I let off the gas. It'll yeah. sen- it'll sense that and it'll slow it down gradually, wow. but That's then if awesome. I'm without changing the tune because I have it set this way, I can be crawling, and let off the ga- off the gas and it'll automatically drag break it. Wow. That's cool. So it's, yeah. that's, you know, because otherwise, like on most of them, if you're giving it a lot of gas and then you let off of it, the drag break's going to kick in and you're just going to endo over. Yeah. Um, 
Right. And, so, cool. and so, yeah, that's a really cool feature about that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun, man. That's on the way. I um, I think I lost my mind in January. I also ordered a uh, a Tamiya M O eight. So right, what, what, that is the mini, and it's essentially a one ten scale chassis. The wheelbase is a little shorter. Um, it doesn't take a conventional one ten body, but we've got a um, we've got a class going at the track. If we can get back there, we uh. We are uh, we are shut down for all intents and purposes right now, so it's um, sure. it's tough for that. But I'm excited to have a couple builds and focus on those, and then hopefully by the time the weather gets better, um, that's one where my daughter's going to be in there. We were originally going to buy two off the bat, but I bought one, and I'm going to see how she responds. Sure. <laughs> we're going to do some some testing and see if she takes like OMG did, and if she does, then uh, I've told her she can. We'll get another one and she can leave the build on that so that's cool. um that'll be fun yeah but i think i have i think i've lost my collective mind i there's been so many other i don't know like i'm thinking about last year at this time there's been a lot of cool there's, there's been a couple cool rigs come out um well when i say come out like the mo8 has just popped into my head that i wanted to do that it's relatively new it came out late last year Sure. But the other the other one I saw that I thought I thought of you on was the new um, axial. Oh, the rift. The rift. What do you, What do you think of that? I mean, it's a I, rock bouncer. Like it's I like a, it. It's a rock racer. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, I've not seen it in person, so I, I don't really right, have a right. And that's opinion, that, that's my thing. Um, yeah. I like it if you know if. I got one I could definitely see myself playing with it um yeah the the other thing the other thing uh hold on sorry I'm just clicking through all all this stuff um (laughs) the other thing that I like about it is that I think it's a very it's another way to build like a mud truck or an SMT10 um off of that platform and it has a stronger drivetrain out of the box um I don't know if that's what it would be used for because yeah. now that I know, like you could get your SMT10. If it has a builder's kit, I think it's a lock. Because if go. it has, because then then you can put the plate chassis that everyone runs for yeah. comps. Yeah, you you could do that, um, and that would be super successful, I would think. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say. I think it's definitely a different kind of genre. I. I'd like to get into that rock bouncing kind of a thing, but yeah, it's that one is difficult unless you have it's, a like. I don't know. I'd have to get a ton of dirt, right? It, <laughs> like, you know what? It's a great. It's a great point because Losi came out with the um, the laser nut last year, yeah. and then this comes out. You're starting to see this category kind of get pick up some steam, and it's like it's almost like a basher category on juice. Where these are just the look of these cars, right? Just the styling of them, to your point, they demand terrain. And if you have a place or places you can go to really test them, that's where I could see investing the money for a vehicle like that. Right. But to me, it's like it's like someone looked at bashing and thought, okay, how do we spice bashing up a bit? Because it, it, that's just where it sits for me in the the pantheon of all the RCs right now. But you were saying, yeah, you, you need a lot of dirt. You need a lot of rock. Yeah, yeah. Really and you know, have fun, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting because that's a good point you brought up about the bashing because that's what I actually was talking to Cody about 
with uh, with the LMT, right? Because right. I think the right. LMT is kind of one of those. It, <coughs> excuse me, it's a crossover SUV, right? Meaning, it's getting people to the dark side, kind of that may have been bashers in the in before. Mm-hmm. And I think people are approaching that LMT as a basher style monster truck. That's true. Uh, and and I think that's an interesting kind of pass because I see I see a lot of people being like, okay, how do I get most out of my money? And when right. I first when I first bought my first crawler, that's what I wanted. I wanted I asked, you know, because at the time they only had like I think the bomber was out and the Wraith. Yeah. And at the time I was like, how do I make one of these go fast and go slow? And they're like, uh, you don't. You either make it go fast and you spend, you know, the same amount of money that you're buying the kit, or you make it go slow and buy it the way it is. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of these new vehicles are kind of like get you know aiming at that kind of demographic maybe that's that's an interesting point too but the weird thing is is the price point the price point so high yeah it is that that vehicle i saw we don't have a canadian but what is it american right now like 600 bucks i was gonna say five but yeah 600 bucks you know another 150 you've got an lmt right like it's oh wait 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 no i think isn't the lmt 600 bucks that's what I was thinking. In about. this in Canada here, yeah, the LNT's like runs like eight hundred Canadian. So yeah, that's about six hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure what the rift is going for. I'll look it up right now. Okay. Saw it for like five fifty, like mid fives or something. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you know, there's a lot of new ish cool technology into that. Right. Um but yeah, well, I mean, that just seems so pricey. But but it's interesting. I really like the point you made, and I, I wonder what manufacturers will do with this. What you've said is, I like going back to the Windigo, not just because I've got one coming, but because we talked about it, and and you said, you know, there's a way to make that truck three. That's a three and one if you if you do the research and the work, and you want to go that route, and getting the bang for your buck, one rig with multiple uses it'd be interesting to see if manufacturers start to think like i'm surprised that hasn't happened yet like and and when i say that i mean like with explicit marketing of a vehicle that way to say you know this can do this and it can do this and it can do this and but right right i i wonder if they hesitate because it makes them feel taiko-y you know what i mean like it's a three well i I, I think what, <laughs> yeah, and I think what that does though also is that it takes away product lines if they right. do that. Yeah. So you know if if Horizon does that, then they're like, yeah. okay, well, and yeah. and to and to be fair, I mean the only way the only real vehicle that you're going to be able to do that with is like a U4 <laughs> slash rock bouncer kind of a thing. It's you true. know what I mean? Um, because you're not going to do that with like a Oh, my dog's having a dog dream. Hey, wake up. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, probably. Um, but, you know, like you, you're not going to be able to really do that with like an Arma, like a uh, Creighton yeah. or anything like that. Uh, and that's, that's true. those are stunt trucks, right? Those are yeah. bashing stunt trucks. But I think the only one that kind of hits the middle road is like maybe like a Capra style or. Yeah you know, the new Rift style yep. or that that yeah. type of vehicle 
or the but element, it's an, the gatekeeper. It, it's an, I think it's an interesting conversation though. Like, because as you try to get more people into the hobby, if you could market, even though it takes away from product lines, like I understand it probably won't happen because that, that would take away so much from their bottom line. But you know, that whole thinking of, okay, we want to get somebody new into the hobby and expose them to two or three different types of, of uh, running at the, at the beginning of the other entry into the hobby. It's right. Just, it's interesting to me. I, well, you I, know I what I think I, in the game, I don't have a dog in the game. Yeah. If, so. if it was me, what I would do is I would do an 18th scale that would do all that. There you go. Cause yeah. Cause the cost would be so much less. Right. So, right. And, 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 you know, an 18th scale at speed wise, it doesn't True. have to be barn burning speed. Right. It, it just yep. has to bounce around a lot. And so right. you could re- do that relatively on the cheap and yep. they wouldn't be heavy. So, you know, okay. the, the biggest the biggest, I think, uh, cost to entry would be sensorless power. That's yeah. oh yeah. That's the biggest thing for that, because, I mean, they yeah. have you could they have plenty of platforms that you can do this with. It's just a sensorless power, which is almost the cost of the vehicle yeah. for a lot of places. Yep. But. Yeah. Well, if you're man, or not sensorless power, I mean, censored power. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing with racing too, right? When I started with short course racing, um, I started with a sense with a sensorless motor and went to censored. And the difference, I I think it's night and day. It's noticeable the same way that you, you, you've said with, with comps, having that low end speed, that smoothness on takeoff. Um, it, it, but the cost is exorbitant, right? Like, just look up censored motors and censorless motors, if, and it's crazy. So, right, um, right. But it is what it is, right? It's, it's the price of admission. So, <laughs> it is, yeah. And um, then, you know, if, like I said, yeah. if, if you can get into it at a at a eighteenth scale, or right, I don't think you could do it at twenty fourth scale. Wouldn't make sense, but yeah, you know, I think that would definitely help out quite a bit. Yeah. And what I'm what I'm hearing then, guys, is uh, if you're out there low C or associated, uh, Pablo will g- gladly create that vehicle for you. So uh, call him <laughs> up. He will, uh, he will come up with the exoskeleton. He has a awesome creative designer. I don't know if you heard about her. Uh, <laughs> she will come up with that too, man. Because, yeah. yeah, all about getting you in there, man. Right, right. I like it. <laughs> you're like, you're like make, make a little more work for me, Lemoyne. Like, yeah, why not? Buddy. <laughs> yeah, I got time. I got time. I got nothing but time. <laughs> Listen, Speaking man. Uh, that, when, oh, yeah. I was gonna say when when is yours coming? Uh, according to uh, FedEx, it should be here uh, early next week. It said nice. Thursday, but I'm thinking if it comes this week, I'll be stoked because my birthday is on uh, Sunday, so Ooh. it's like perfect time. Happy birthday! Thanks, buddy. Turn it into a real old man. Um, oh, okay. Segue real quick. I'll jump in this really fast. <laughs> go, go. Okay. So yesterday I was out with the kids and, and the neighbor kids came out and were throwing the football around. And then it turned into like this football game that we were playing and we were playing this football game. And now I'm like sore as can be. I woke up this morning and I told my wife, I was like, I am too old to be chasing around 10-year-olds oh, on the football dude. field right now. <laughs> so. You know what, man? It's, it, if it helps you, 
when yeah when when normal times were around hockey would happen and i i would feel the same pain from strapping on the skates it's uh (laughs) you're like what i i i would come home and go something's i think something's wrong with me and then i would sit for a while and think about it go no no you you're just old and out of shape like you don't stretch anymore and you think you can do no it doesn't work man i know (laughs) <laughs> but it's a it's a harsh realization. Like I don't think I'm ever going to get used to that. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of sports, real quick, yes. uh, and I'll let I'll let you end off with uh, final thoughts. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll definitely have to get back on here, um, figure out some more good conversations, and I want to talk collaboration. So I'm going to tease that out to the listeners. Yes. You and I were talking about. I want to do something this year, man. Uh, put me to work, Pablo. Um, but <laughs> what I've gone and done. In the backyard is uh, I've begun flooding a rink. Oh. So let me translate that. <laughs> we, we have put boards down in our backyard and we are creating a hockey rink. Uh, I have determined that the weather is turning. It's going to get even colder. <laughs> That's awesome. And there is nothing to do up here right now. And my kids are stoked. So I've got a ways to go, but we're looking at some really low temperatures over the next next couple nights. We're going to have an ice rink, buddy, so I'll keep you posted on that. That is awesome. Well, you know what that means. You're going to have to do some ice racing. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, way, way ahead of you. Like, I got to get the I gotta get the wind to go together and out on that thing before uh, before the spring comes. So that'll be amazing. Just that, bombing uh, around on that <laughs> off, the snow, off the snow drifts into the pool, which is frozen oh, over. Dude, oh, that yeah, would be, be so fun. rad. Put pins in the tires. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. My kids will kill me. Dad, you chewed up the ice. How are we going to skate now? Oh, yeah. I guess that's the issue. Yeah. Well, you know. Nah. Well, hey. then, then then, your next project is making a uh, RC Zamboni. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, but a fast one. Like a really but a fast, fast one. one. Oh, yeah. Did I ever Not show like you it. the one that I, that I designed and built that was one-to-one that did smoke shows and stuff? I think you did send me a link to something. Yeah. Send it go. again, though. I think I need to see it again. <laughs> Listen, I'll, man. I'll send a screenshot so you can use it for this, uh, Please for this do. episode. Please do. I think it's important <laughs> that our listeners will get inspired. So, Listen, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. You know we do. We keep, we keep it relatively short. And uh, it's, the, uh, it's time to, uh, to turn into Super Dad. I think I'm, I think I'm making pizza tonight, so I got to get on it. Nice. Yeah, nice. but uh, buddy, well, let's hook up. Let's uh, keep the conversation going. Say hey to OMG. Tell her good job. Give her props for me. That's uh, awesome work on that truck. I will. Thank you very much. And uh, right, enjoy yours and enjoy your family, man. You Have too, fun brother. Up there. Yep. Be safe. We'll talk soon, Pabs. You too. Take it easy. All right, man.